Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Alchemy Answers. I am Donnie, aka Elevated, joined by Jenkins as always. And uh, Jenkins, you're looking pretty dapper today. How are you? Thank you, sir. I'm good. How are you today, Donnie? Big uh, D, that's what I like to call him. Oh, geez. Let's <laughs> save that for the Patreon exclusive episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, the, the dirty Patreon stream. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. What are we talking about? Why, why are we promoting Patreon? We're not. Uh, what we are promoting is DotaAlchemy.com, where you can learn oh, there you go. to be the best nice. Dota player in the motherfucking world. Nice segue, dude. Um, but to answer your question, I'm doing pretty well. I've been I've been winning quite a bit. I've been following my own advice and uh, thus gaining MMR. And then today I decided to neglect all the advice that both you and I have talked about and taught on this stream and on this channel. And as a result, I lost six straight games. So, you know, there's that. It's kind of like, you know how when you're in high school and you have friends that come to you for, like, girl advice and you just know all the fucking answers in the world, but then you've never actually had a girlfriend before or, like, are capable of keeping one? It's just uh, sad all over again. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can give the best advice, but take it, actually implementing your own advice is so hard sometimes. Jesus. Very true. It's rough. However, actually, I was going to make a video about that. I do want to say that right at the start here is that I think that there's this expectation that people are not going to be human. Like the moment you receive some sort of like advice to gain MMR or something like that, people think that you would stick to it a hundred percent. Like I was in a game the other day and somebody was like, Oh Jenkins, you're, you're always so positive on stream and on video. And like, you're being negative in this game. It's like, well, yeah, I'm fucking human, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, I was, I wasn't like shouting obscenities or something like that, but I wasn't being, I mean, I wasn't being, particularly positive i would i was being negative and it's like well yeah you you have days you relapse you know people are human especially if like something's going on in your life where you're you're upset for like another reason you can't yeah. just make yourself be happy if you just like fought with your parents or some shit like that not not that that's a specific example for me i'm just saying yeah 100%. There, there's like there's like you're human you're you're 100 human what matters is being like consistent being consistent with it it's just like trying to, you know, six out of seven of the days of the week, you're following all of the rules. And then maybe the one day you, you, you know, you have a cheat day, you fuck up, you eat a bunch of ice cream, you get fat, work out every other day, you know, Happens, anyway, man. sorry. Tangent. All right. Um, no, that's a good, it's a good piece of advice. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the questions today. And we actually are going to do, we're going to do three kind of quick questions. And then we are going to do the TI predictions because we've had a number of people ask us to do our compendium prediction. So we'll just do that uh, together as well at the end of the video. So question number one is, this is kind of a doozy because I think both of us are kind of experiencing this right now. I'm losing interest in Dota. The community is very toxic and I find myself having a hard time being motivated. What can I do to make Dota more fun so that I want to play it more? Well, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple of like trains of thought here. If you genuinely are losing interest in the game, I would say that there is, you don't have to feel attached to it for any given reason. If you want to play another game, you can play another game. Dota is a game that's always really great to come back to. Like it's like riding a bike. 
you always have that natural impulse for it and uh, there's really nothing else like it. So you can come back to Dota if you want to go play another game and then eventually come back. Like you don't have to feel like you've wasted all, all of this time or something like that because you can come back, you can... I mean, even it's not really a waste anyway because you've you know presumably enjoyed yourself. You've le probably learned a lot from Dota, at least about yourself, because I know Dota is a really introspective game for me at the very least because it really pushes you to your limit. So it's not like it's a waste of time or something if you just don't play anymore. That, that's okay. But like I said, I think you'll probably come back just because everybody does. It's it's a unique experience. Uh, but if you really do want to, to play a lot of Dota uh, and you're losing interest, I would say, you know, play with good people, play with friends, play on Smurfs. Like, really, Dota's, Dota's the best when it's played with, with people that you like. It's a team game. Um, and I would definitely recommend just getting like a good party. And if you can't, if you can't find any friends in real life to play Dota, then, you know, go to like a discord, go to Dota Alchemy discord, find people like you'll find people you'll really enjoy playing with. And then that makes the solo queue and stuff like that, the, the MMR gain, it makes it a lot more bearable because kind of like, okay, well, you're gaining this MMR to be competitive with your friends. So it feels a lot better to play the solo queue games when you're actually playing with people that you want to compete with. I remember when, uh, I quit World of Warcraft. It was mainly because the people that I was playing with, the people that I was like competing with, they quit. So it didn't have that, you know, energy to it anymore. Where I, I felt like, I felt like on top of the world for being good at the game. So maybe Dota's like that for you, and you just need to play with some people that you that you want to compete with. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't feel bad about quitting if you if you do want to genuinely want to quit because there's chapters in life. You know, sometimes you got to close a chapter. Yeah, uh, just to add to that, the only thing I really wanted to add to that is that I feel like, and I've, I've felt like this personally, so I'm going to assume that you kind of feel like this as well, is that it can kind of feel like uh, like you're wasting your time just because, you know, like most of us grew up in an age where video games were considered a waste of time by our parents and teachers and whatever, and we were told that over and over and over. And many of us are probably still told that, you know, it's not like we've fully evolved past that point. Uh, so what I've kind of done to reconcile this for myself is that I try to work on some sort of real life skill while I'm playing in Dota, or at least frame the game in, in sort of a way that I can <laughs> basically like make an excuse for myself to play the game because I'm developing something that is useful. It's a good idea, though. It's actually a good idea. Um, and so, I mean, just very basically, Dota is about what? Working with other people and communicating with other people and then thinking critically about problems. So those are all skills that are going to be really good for you in any job you would ever do in your life uh, on sports teams, etc. So just like try to pay attention to those aspects of the game. You know, am I communicating well? Am I working well with my team? Am I being an empathetic person or am I just being like this, you know, solo gamer who's not really accomplishing anything of note or anything of use at all? Um, and really, I that's helped me a lot just because you know, sometimes I do, like, if I lose three or four games in a day, I'm just like, man, I just, like, wasted, you know, five hours of my day. I'm such a piece of shit. But if I lose four games and I'm thinking about, like, how I'm overcoming adversity or some other real-life skill, it really is quite useful um, to keeping the game fun. Yeah. Um, so That makes sense. <laughs> question number two, speaking of communication, 
this guy says, my friends and I say that communication is very important. We agree on that fact, but what should I be communicating and when should I be communicating it? It's pretty broad, but I think we can kind of boil down a few really important uh, things. I mean, I, I, w I would boil it down to like in Dota, in Dota, there is a lot going on. Obviously there is, you know, all the spell cooldowns. There is each player on a specific role on a specific hero will understand through all of the pubs that they've played what their timings are like what when they want to win the game where they want to play the map and uh basically there's gonna be five completely different ideas of how to play dota on one team and you all like all of them can be combined in, in a specific way and that's basically what communication does for you is you combine and it's not possible to to play even like ppd will rely on his team to he'll say hey what do you want to play do you want to play this we're going to do this strategy we're going to what hero is good for that like not not a single player in dota including genius drafters will know ev what every single hero wants to be doing at every single point there's simply too much Im information there's too many permutations of what can happen in the game so communicating is basically allowing your team to very quick good communicating i should say is allowing your team to very quickly and concisely understand what it is that you want to be doing and how they can change their gameplay based on that. For example, Enchantress is something that I'm playing a lot of recently. I'm actually making a video because I, I played with Universe recently and I learned a lot from his Enchantress. Uh, and basically on Enchantress, you want to do this thing where you just sit in the offlane for like 30 minutes straight, acting as cancerous as possible. And I've been communicating that to people a lot in pubs of like a 95% Enchantress win rate in the current patch. And I think it's largely because when you communicate to people what what your job is, as long as it's like going to be the the correct job in the game, and obviously if Universe is doing it, it's probably a good idea. If, if, if you're communicating what your job is and it's the correct job in the game, then people will take advantage of that in ways that in, in pubs where people aren't communicating, like th nothing will happen basically. Uh, so com communication is basically just a lot, telling people what your job is, uh, because they can't possibly know, and then they can change their gameplay based on it. So, for example, with the Enchantress thing, uh, people are way more comfortable playing and taking safe farm because they know that since I communicated that I want to be in the most aggressive position on the map, they can safely take that farm. They won't feel bad about it, whereas in other games, most people who are high-rated won't take safe farm, period, because they feel like they need to make space or apply pressure. But when you've an Enchantress, you actually don't need to do that because she does that for you. That's her entire purpose. Uh, and, and, and that that's like effective communicating is knowing that and communicating that. And I don't expect anybody else to know that 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 is true unless you're an Enchantress player. I'm the Enchantress player. That's my job to communicate that. So that that's what communication is to me, basically, is, is like aligning all of your all of your jobs so that you can do everything the best possible, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that um, as far as like what what the basis of communication is, which is just filling in the gaps in other people's information, because I mean, Dota is a game of incomplete information. And so um, you get more complete information by communicating. And a lot of the times that is basically just like what your idea is of how the game should be going, because the more people are kind of on the same page, the better it's probably going to go for you guys. Um, I like to do things like uh, if we are going to, head into a team fight, let's say we're walking towards Roche or we're smoked, just make a very simple comment like Zeus is the important hero. 
or like, let's try and get Zeus, just because that gives us a little bit of a target selection, which will help us ultimately win the fight. Um, because a lot of people just kind of tend to go into a fight with little to no plan. Um, there's a lot of reactionary playing and very little planning going on, I think, in most people's heads, um, simply because the game is very complicated like that. And so just giving little bits of direction, hey, guys, I don't have my ultimate. I'm not coming to this fight. Like, whether that is the correct play or not, you have to let them know so that they can plan accordingly. Um, and sometimes your team will get pissed at you for communicating stuff like that, but it's it's good to at least give them the Fuck ability... Fuck those people, man. ...to make the, the decision. Get pissed. Yeah, it, you at least give them the ability to make a decision with more information than they would have otherwise. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to say is basically, like, the way that you communicate is super, super important. Um, just, for example... Uh, let's say I'm playing support and my mid says, hey, I need a ward mid so I don't get ganked. Sure, I'm going to run mid and place the ward. Whereas if my mid goes, I need a fucking ward. Like, am I am I going to go mid and place the ward? Probably not. I'm literally just going to avoid ever communicating or interacting with this player ever again. So it's like, you can say the same thing in two totally different ways and one will get you good responses and the other one won't. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that are like, oh my god, dude, I don't have a ward, yikes, get me out. It's like, dude, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so passive-aggressive. Just ask for a ward. You know what a lot of people do too in Dota? This is a bit of a tangent, but this, this genuinely bothers me. People fucking nitpick. Like, yeah. I, can, I can watch a movie and shit all over it for all of the mistakes that they made. That's very easy. It's really easy to point out mistakes. Could I direct, script, and and record, edit, and do everything for, for a movie? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? I couldn't even. Get, I don't. Wouldn't even know where to start. I, I don't even know what camera would I, I would use. Like, but but I can shit all over a movie. P- people are so quick to tear things down with their communication. And what I always say to people is like, look, man, that is not effective for winning the game. Please communicate what you think we should do in the future because just commenting on the past. And pointing out mistakes is very easy to do. Like, you're watching a doctor do heart surgery and he cuts a vein and it fucking blows up and the guy dies. Like, oh, he fucked up. Oh, that doctor's an idiot. It's like, okay, well, do heart surgery then, jackass. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that because I can't do heart surgery. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a jackass who's complaining about a doctor cutting the wrong fucking vein or whatever. Uh, basically, what I'm saying, it's very easy to tear things down with communication. And what is harder, but way more effective, obviously, is to try to build things up. Like, okay, in the future, we don't want to play around this area. Instead of being like, oh, what are you doing? How do you die there? It's like, yeah, well, exactly. How does, how does that help? Because exactly there's, that. there's infinite problems. There's so many problems in the game. but And you can co- constantly point them out, but that's not solving them. What if he goes and dies somewhere else? Like, People always say it as if they knew what the solution was first. They say it with such gall, and it's like... Well, if, 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 you, if you have such an ego and you think you know how to play the game, then why aren't you telling that person that they're making the mistake and correct it? Like, if you knew, if you're so sure, then why didn't you say anything? Isn't that your fault? It's like, oh, why did you die there? Are you stupid? It's like, well, you're calling somebody stupid, so you're saying that you knew that you're so smart that you, you knew that he shouldn't have been there. But well, why don't you didn't tell communicate, it? Yeah. You didn't communicate it. You're just like, I didn't communicate that because I thought it was so obvious. Like, okay, yeah, I'm sure you just didn't know you're mad about, about, about something else, about the, losing the game. 
So it's it's like it's so much more effective to be like, okay, we need to we need to play around Roshan. Roshan's respawning. That's so much better than complaining after somebody died. It's yeah. so useless. And once again, I'm not saying that I don't occasionally do that. The 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 um the toxic after the fact bullshit. I think that's I think that's a big scourge for a lot of people in their lives. You do the toxic act after the fact. Shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done done that. But uh, that that doesn't make it effective. You know that doesn't make it a smart thing to do. It's real. It's really dumb. It's really dumb to do that. And it's really dumb when I do that too. And I try not to. But once again, we're all human. So sometimes you have that impulse and you follow it. And you're like, oh well, I'm an idiot for following that impulse and just saying some stupid shit like that. Yeah, I I just wanted to give a couple other like just very common examples because I think that's such a such a good point and just like thing to point out is that like for example, let's say you're playing carry, you have a BKB but it's on cooldown for whatever reason. And your team goes and takes a fight uh expecting you to be there, but you don't come because you don't have your BKB because it's just not smart for you to fight without a BKB. And so then your team fights and dies and you're like, you guys are so dumb. Why are you fighting there? I've, I've had that thought before. I'm sure many of you have had that thought as well. And all you had to do is, hey, guys, I don't have my BKB. Like, and at least at that point, you absolve yourself of any responsibility for having a bad play. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Even <laughs> if you want to think of it from like a perfectly selfish standpoint, you're absolving yourself of responsibility. It's like you can call your team fucking idiots if they fought when you communicated that. You have earned that right. They probably won't unless they are idiots. So, like you, you've you, you've earned you've earned the right, but you you have absolutely no right to do that if you if you didn't say anything and somebody makes a mistake. It's like well, well at least if you're calling people idiots about it. <laughs> and it's like the, the same thing with the Zeus example. Okay, let's say your team needs to target Zeus, but if you don't say, hey guys, let's try and get Zeus in this fight. And it's like, you, what the fuck? You guys didn't go on Zeus? It's like, well, yeah. no, we had a couple. It's a, it goes back to the there's a million different things you can do in Dota sort of shit. Like, people have a different opinion on how to play the game, and you need to align those things. That's effective communication. Yep. Actually, I was coaching somebody the other day, and they left their lane, and it was just a free lane for like five minutes straight. And I was saying, okay, that's 50% on you to tell the supports, go farm this lane, it's empty, and 50% on the supports. To realize that there's an empty lane, but that's your lane. If you're a carry and you're leaving a lane, it, and and you're not communicating that you're leaving a lane empty that's free to farm, and you have like a pudge who doesn't have level six yet, that's fifty percent on you. It's not just magically everybody has to figure out what's going on in your mind. It's it's not like that. There's five people in Dota. It's not a it's not an individual game. So it's like yep. it's fifty fifty between you and the person that you're supposed to be communicating with to to have that. I mean, obviously, because you need to have a connection. There's a pipe, right? There's one end here, one end here. One's your end, the other's their end. You can go in and out, and, and you, you need to have that pipe be there and be fucking using it, you know? Like, it's it's your it's your fault if you're not communicating these things. If somebody doesn't do something that involves you, it's 50% your fault, 50% theirs. Yep, 100%. All right, question number no, three. No, 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 50%, Donnie. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joshing you, dude. Just joshing your head. Question number three. And that'll be the end of our communication, Jenkins, because I'm sick of you. Dude, I'm going to close the pipeline. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a shit in the pipes. You're going to clog the pipes. Of our, of our, of our <laughs> communication, yeah. I'm going to throw floss down those pipes for like oh, five man. years straight and then eventually need to use some Drano to clear it. Not cool, man. All right. Whatever, Everyone says that laning is so important, and that's how you win the games of Dota. 
Why Great. are mid and late never thought of as the game winning parts of the game? Uh, I mean, it's ba- it's basically just like you know the bu- the butterfly effect. Uh, you have well for anybody that doesn't, I'm sure I'm sure ninety percent of people, but but for the ten percent that don't know what the butterfly effect is, basically you know the idea that you go back in time to like the dinosaur era, you accidentally step on a butterfly, and then all of a sudden you come back in- into the future, and humans don't exist. It's like this idea that like you if you fuck one thing up way way long ago it'll massively affect the future just because there's this this, like rippling effect of of how things affect a timeline you know so in dota it's very similar to that it's a it's a really snowbally game um like ccnc was saying in the summit he forded a creep wave on like minute one against a meepo so the meepo wasted a poof and he destroyed the meepo and in the game before he didn't successfully do that fort and the Meepo destroyed him. Same matchup. Uh, that's just how Dota is. It's really, really snowball-y because you gain a little bit of a net worth advantage. And the spells and the math works in a way where if you don't have a full wand at a point because you you missed like two or three last hits, you don't have enough HP to survive some burst. Somebody kills you, they get a little bit more net worth. Next time you fight them, they have a little bit more HP, a little bit more mana, a little bit more of this and that. And then they kill you again, and then all of a sudden there's this snowballing effect where you feel so fucking useless, and somebody feels so strong, but really it was just that one moment. And that's why lanes are so important, is because that snowballing effect is has always been there. Lanes have always been important, but because denies are worth 25% to the enemy, it makes it so much more of a snowballing effect, because if you get that little bit of a net worth lead where you can kill that person and they can't kill you, they have to stand away from the creep wave. You can't sit there soaking experience anymore. So basically, you just sit there, and the snowballing effect is is amplified massively because denies are so effective, uh, and it's just based on those little net worth leads. And then one, and then once you're in the mid to late game, it's the same old snowballing effect of Dota, where like if you have an extra item here or there, it's just feels like some hero is so hard to kill. Like if a hero has a blink dagger, for example, but this it's much more likely that if you get a couple of extra last hits in the laning phase or something like that early in the laning phase that you'll get all those denies and that snowballs even harder so basically what i'm saying is the lanes are very important because of because of denies uh because if you get if you get a little bit of a net worth lead in the laning phase so you have to be hyper focused on the on the lanes basically because there's that huge risk of just getting completely snowballed on due to those Denies, and then the mid to late game, it's exactly the same as it was before. Denies don't matter in the mid to late game, obviously. Uh, but if somebody has like a 2k net worth lead on a hero because they got those denies and, and like a three ex- uh, three level experience lead or something, well, obviously that matters. And that's more likely to occur now because of those denies. Yeah. Um, I mean, that completely summarizes exactly the reason that there's so much focus on the leaning. And really, if you want to put it into practical terms, it's like if you're trying to build a house you start with the foundation. And if the foundation is non-existent or shaky, then your entire house and all of the work that you put in after the fact is going to be shaky and not, you know, stable. So it's yeah. like the laning phase is basically how you build the foundation for a successful game. And obviously, depending on what your MMR is and, uh, you know, the draft that you have there will be times where the laning stage isn't necessarily the most important part of the game um you know people might make a lot more mistakes at certain mmrs at jenkins's games a lot of the games are decided by the laning stage 
at 2K games, a lot of the, the games are decided kind of by the leading stage, but then also by, you know, various other random circumstances that happen later on in the game. Um, but generally speaking, Dota is a game where you kind of build towards a victory, and that all starts with the laning stage. Yeah, uh, I would say that that's a, that's a good um, a good analogy. However, with how the lanes are, with with how the mechanics are in the laning phase right now, it's more like you're trying to build a foundation, but there's like constant earthquakes happening. <laughs> like it's, it's it's very very you have to really really focus up in the laning phase. Because uh, I think your analogy would work in every patch where the lanes have always been very important, but right now more than ever, it's way easier to take a slight advantage and turn right. it into a massive advantage. So it's it's like building a foundation when there's just earthquakes. You're like trying to build a, a basement in Florida where there's just constantly like tsunamis and shit, you know? Yeah, totally. Actually, that that's a good point because yesterday I played a game where uh, I think I was playing safe lane carry and I ended up like literally seven levels higher than the offlaner yeah <laughs> at like minute 10 and it was one of those games where it's just like the game was over after the laning stage because not only did we you know do well or win the other lanes but i was literally four four levels higher than their carry two levels higher than their mid and seven levels higher than their offlaner and despite my entire team knew that the game was over and we threw like five times and we still won the game just because we were so far ahead so yeah <laughs> that's how dota is right now yeah just the math man the math works that way yeah